Essentially, what we did in the machine learning so far was uh, was the supervised learning, where we said that we we know the class or value that we want to predict. So in this case, it could be the color of the dot. So we train uh, we have a training data set. For which we know the value, and then we want to learn the model how to predict uh, that color binary attribute uh, to do the classification or um, regression analysis to estimate the actual um, real value, for example. So, this is uh, on the right, it's uh, called supervised learning because we have been supervised to tell what are the classes or what are the true values. However, uh, very typically you just are given the data and you're asked, well, like we did in the descriptive analysis, describe the data and in this case the question is rather what are the classes in this data? Can you characterize the data um, by finding what is in the data? So what are the I keep getting some error message. Okay. What are the groups in the data uh, that would give these natural classes? So in here we knew in advance the Python uh, and uh, Follow and field plots, and our task was to put some linear classifier or whatever decision tree uh, classifier to separate the two. But there, the goal is to discover that there are three groups present in the data. So the clustering is unsupervised learning, where we are not given in advance what are the groups, but the question is what are the groups in the data? This is a typical data set, or not so typical. Uh, these are the observations. Uh, they can come from different uh, uh, background data. This is just uh, looking in the sky, and uh, what the data would be like is that there you observe lots of stars, and your question is, what type of stars are there? So bring down the uh, stars from the skies and say this is the result. So instead of the 
unordered data, you give the grouping of the data into different types of the objects. You see chaos or customers coming to the shop and you, your task is to tell what types, what types of customers come to shop in my supermarket. So what type of customers are there? How many groups of customers? Any guesses? Clustering achieves grouping of uh, data so that within each group, uh, data is similar to each other, and between groups, they are different. That's the simple goal. You can see some further information in here. Maybe some groups of uh, clusters are further studied. There is some ordering within the cluster. So that would be seriation. So grouping of the data and ordering the data by some characteristics. Um, it's not easy to say in advance what is the uh, comparison function, how do you sort the data. Uh, you cannot sort by one measure. Or so this is messy data in the boat. How can you eat this without knowing what is in the boat? No, you prepare your breakfast like this. You, you even separate the dots from the phone. Your task is to write the program that will do this. Write a program between the soup by ordering the data in the soup. Or seriate uh, the costumes of uh, Angela Merkel by continuum of uh, color code. This picture is all about flowers, right? Maybe it's not actually so much clustering, but but uh, zooming into an eye, you can see that this picture is composed of. The smaller pictures are, that are just similar to the original underlying picture. But again, similarity between the, uh, between the uh, fragment of the original picture and the concrete flower picture. So similarity uh, between the objects uh, becomes very uh, crucial and, and it, it always is how to measure the similarity of this feature uh, versus some uh, uh, some features in the in the other data space. So uh, to repeat, clustering is grouping objects by similarity, and objects we can characterize with a large number of attributes. And the task is to find uh, the ways how to group uh, these uh, 
objects characterized by attributes uh, into a covariant similar group. Or you can sort of reverse this and ask, okay, I have the whole data set. Uh, what are the typical examples in this data? What are the typical representatives in the data? And uh, later I can characterize individuals to be most similar to these examples or, or, or typical cases. So this would actually give us this uh, classification task. One group, we will later classify into that group. The other group, we can classify into that group. Or we can find features which are important for one group versus the other. So um, in the classroom, we will talk very uh, basic, simple ideas how to achieve the uh, clustering. One is uh, agglomerative, bottom-up, hierarchical clustering, which basically starts building uh, the groups. These two should be put into the, together. These two should be in the, uh, together and then start merging the clusters into larger and larger groups, achieving the full hierarchy of clusters. Then there are representative-based clusterings, K uh, means, K representatives, uh, that represent the mean of the cluster or the average example from the cluster. Uh, so what is the representative, what are the K uh, cluster centers so that everybody else, everything else falls into the one cluster only for which this is the most typical example. And then there are variants of this K representative clustering. Another one is a self-organized map or some sort of neural network that would self-organize into the cluster. And then we also look at the density-based methods. Um, what is the density of one type versus the other? So I already showed these two slides. Uh, just in the morning, I, I, I made them copy to the beginning of the uh, talk. So what are the main means to achieve this sort of clustering? I did not continue with the machine learning anymore because I think Anna covered uh, the question about how to achieve the, the classification. Uh, what is the accuracy? What is the precision? What is the, how to avoid overfitting? With the machine learning, you have all these questions. What is how to avoid overfitting? How to deal with errors? And, uh, and uh, we sort of have covered uh, this topic. So you can imagine that clustering is something that uh, humans have done all the time. We want to make sense of the nature, uh, physics, science, whatever, and we want to classify group data. So it's an old problem, many, many methods. Uh, many people have been uh, working on these. But the problem is there is no, again, there is no single silver bullet method that would always work. Um, here is a, a, what the computer will see. Computer will see uh, nine data objects characterized by four attributes, and uh, your task is to write a computer program that finds groups in this data. So first, think how do you do that in your head? You have nine 
outputs, uh, attribute values, top speed, color, every distance, weight of the car. What types of cars are there? And how do you achieve this kind of uh, clustering in your head? Heavy trucks, uh, speed very fast cars, and, and like an unusual car. And to achieve that, we should first, for example, we should uh, demolish color. We, we don't care about color. We care about speed, weight, and maybe average. Okay, you sort of did uh, attribute by attribute to say that one feature is not so well. You have intuition that color is not important to classify the type of the car. Uh, you apply your expert, uh, expert knowledge. Computer does not necessarily know that. But uh, uh, then how did you achieve into the conclusion that there are three types of cars? Then first you can, on top speed you can already separate it. Like first speed, second part speed, and last part speed. And then you can uh, compare them to weight and see that the last three weights were like three ton and they're super slow. That, that means that they're like trucks or some big cars. And so they also have air resistance speed. That means that they're uh, like the, the big cars. So looking at the first, if you would apply kernel density estimation or histogramming here, you would see that there are fast, mid-speed and slow cars. Of course, uh, for slow you also have the intuition but, uh, that uh, 100 is not fast, right? So based on one attribute you may already get some information. In more complicated cases, of course, you would have to look at all the attributes together. So somehow you, in your, in your in your head, you manage to group uh, things. What computer uh, has is that they can look at, uh, at certain uh, attributes and try to see whether there are some groups or compare this versus that and observe that these are very different, compare this versus this and say, oh, but these are almost similar values. So computer will have to calculate some sort of uh, similarity or distance between the, uh, between the rows and then based on this uh, similarity and distance, come up with the strategies how to define the groups. So in this case, uh, you said that speed and weight are informative. So if you just look at the uh, top speed and weight, uh, these are your three groups of data. And, and moreover, of course, then you can uh, sort of, okay, if this forms a cluster in there, this one, this one, then you can sort of, uh, uh, put some sensible description on top of that. Uh, I'm not sure if this medium market car is so slow. Oh no, lorries are slow. Lorries are around 100. So these are just ordinary cars. Um, now it depends whether sports cars are, are all rather heavy or not. In this picture, sports cars are rather heavy. Uh, it might be that you have uh, very light sports cars, right? 
But try, uh, once you have achieved the clustering, then trying to uh, characterize the cluster by, by labeling the groups. This is something that is intellectual part to human, or again, trying to figure out the program that tries to summarize what is the essence of the, of the cluster. So uh, we call these, well, a little bit of these uh, uh, terminologies, so we call these, these a clusters, three clusters. Uh, we can label items or, or clusters. These are lorries, sports cars. We, have, we are dealing with original objects or data points. So we are given original data points objects with a certain number of attributes uh, or features, feature of, of the weight or the feature of top speed, the feature attribute uh, are used uh, as synonyms in here. You can invent new features, combine features, as in the machine learning, uh, but usually in the clustering, you stick to the original feature space. And indeed, in, in here, even just using two features out of the uh, four uh, would give you a nice separation between the clusters. So uh, the goal is to find a small number of groups in the data. Uh, if we have small numbers, we can achieve better uh, data compression because we don't need to describe everything, but uh, just as uh, represent, uh, describe data as, as a representative. We want to find some natural data types. Uh, we want to find something useful about these uh, data points, different types of customers to which we can address different type of uh, advertising, for example. And then we can reverse the whole idea and say that, okay, these are the typical groups. Anything that falls outside of the groups would be outliers. We can also achieve some outlier detection. Anything that is very atypical is an outlier. Outlier detection can be used in the, uh, cybersecurity. We know how the typical people behave in the network. Any profile that is an outlier to this is a potential threat, is a potential attack against the system. So our algorithmic methods have to uh, uh, attempt to find the groups where within the cluster objects are similar, but in between the clusters, they're rather different. So within cluster, intra-cluster distances are minimized, and inter-clusters between clusters, distances are large. So that's what is a good cluster, uh, cluster is about. Um, this is an old slide of mine uh, uh, that I've been uh, using for describing clusterings. The idea is uh, to tell you that it's not an easy problem. We make easy cases, easy looking cases, but this is not the easy problem. Clusters can have clearly different sizes and shapes. Everything that I told you in here, that within cluster distances have to be small and in between large, is not true in here. This point and this point are very different from each other. This and this, they are very similar to each other compared to this and this. So we can say that we want something, but in reality, it's not always true. Yet, you can clearly see that there is two types of data in 
cluster and within this cluster. But in here, the data points may not be all so similar at all. How many clusters is in here, in the red, at the bottom? Would you call this as a single cluster or two clusters? That is a possibility. Most of our methods will find non-overlapping uh, clusters because uh, that's how we define algorithms. Most of the algorithms would find non-overlapping clusters, but in reality, we know that some clusters will overlap. If we apply k-means algorithms, uh, say that let's find two clusters or let's find three, you will find three clusters in this data. You make the algorithm that will find three clusters in this green data. How do we know whether this three will be correct or not? We tell the algorithm to find three clusters if it finds three groups in the data. How do we find the clusters in here? The, so this, again, the similarity between data points is uh, these data are close to each other, these and these are clearly, clearly very different. So the, the density-based methods would, would try to identify what are the dense regions to call these two clusters requires different methods uh, than what, what we uh, will see in the first example. Another real test of, uh, for your intelligence is uh, can you give me the number of clusters on the top left uh, yellow background? How many clusters is there? So you saw see the three uh, groups of uh, uh, vehicles, and then now you see five types of data in there. If I give you long enough in here, can you agree on the number of true clusters in the top left corner? But you will go to the real world where you are given, uh, given data and said, find me clusters. And then you have to, then you have to make a call. Your program has to make a call. How many customer segments we, if these represent our, our customers to the shop, how many segments do we have? So uh, we would wish, wish that uh, we can define some objective measure that is gives us some intuition how good the current clustering is. And then if we can find a better grouping, then we can uh, improve that objective measure. Right? And then the task is to find the clusters that minimize or maximize that measure. Then it becomes optimization problem. As you know, for most optimization problems, to say which ones go together, which ones are uh, in different clusters, these become exponential 
uh, search algorithms to find the optimal. If we define this is optimal better, then to optimize is often very, very slow process. Uh, so most clustering algorithms try to deal with a very large, well, we need to deal also with a large data. So we have to, uh, uh, we have to provide fast algorithms that do a sensible job according to some built-in idea or heuristic. So the most of the clustering algorithms are really about heuristics. What if we start uh, finding the clusters in this way? Yeah, uh, big data. Uh, big data, you will, uh, you will uh, once you learn to do deal with the big data, you will have secure jobs and uh, have good job perspectives and, and uh, high salaries. How many data are in here? This is the high weight data of, uh, that you have analyzed in the beginning of the course. Descriptive statistics, although these slides are from uh, from past years, uh, somebody's homework. In here, the age has been highlighted, so you can see that the by the core you can see two clusters, but but they are clearly partly overlapping. Depending on which types of features, this is high times weight and this is high divided by weight. Depending on the data, if you take height divided by age and weight divided by age, suddenly we may see more data groups, one, two, three, four, even, if we are uh, doing some visual thinking. And it may well be that uh, we can separate Maybe we cannot separate uh, boys and girls in some age group, but we may be able to separate them in, in the other age group. So remember that kids were from two different age groups. How many clusters in this data? You can clearly make uh, a case that uh, these are two clusters, or you can clearly make the case that there is one cluster and the, the other one, and maybe some uh, outliers or some path between them. The clustering can be applied in many different conditions, like page detection. This is the dense uh, border of data points, and this is the sparse one, so this is like a, on the image that would be textured. So this would be one cluster, and this would be the other. There is no, no closeness uh, exactly, but then in here we have the different texture of different uh, in different parts of the image. And of course, you can have overlapping clusters. How on earth can you make a call in here? If you put a new uh, new dot in here, it, should it be red or blue? Making this kind of observation that data come from, comes from two distributions and partly the distribution could be overlapping um, may be possible. So the, in this case, the clustering would ask for what is the data model, how the data might, might have been produced, and you, you may say that 
Oh, they, they come from two different uh, um, uh, two different distributions, and they part of the two distributions are overlapping. We need to describe data. We have data. Our task is to describe the data. So this kind of descriptions that uh, that the data comes from two different uh, uh, distributions and part of they may be overlapping is actually a very good result, right? Except that it's damn hard to write uh, such uh, methods. So we will uh, look at the hierarchical and partitioning hierarchical. Uh, sort of like uh, partition the entire space into different uh, uh, types of data or hierarchical where we have uh, where we build dendrograms. Uh, we can uh, call that the membership is exclusive. One data point only belongs to one cluster or they may be overlapping or they may be fuzzy. Even in here they may be fuzzy in the sense that we may assign some probability of the data to belong to one distribution or to the other one. And maybe uh, we cluster the complete data versus only part of the data. Most of the illustrations are in the two-dimensional data so that you can uh, uh, easily see the two dimensions, the dots, x and y coordinates, that is very easy to visualize. Uh, Computer will have to compare two versus two, four versus five. Oh, it seems that A and I are quite similar, right? Computer will uh, calculate the distance. For example, it's easy to calculate between the distance between the rows, and then say, okay, A and I definitely uh, look pretty similar to each other. Of course, typically you'll have many more uh, attributes of going from two to five dimensional space is no brainer for you because you can still write the Euclidean distance uh, for over five dimensions as easily as you would do it over two dimensions. The visualization of this type of data is, of course, more complicated. So the five uh, dimensions could be as a, as a line graphs, and then the question is which line graphs are most similar in each other uh, in, in, in this image. Can you find the groups of lines that are somehow similar? Uh, in the Euclidean space, uh, this uh, these attributes are equal. So this uh, in this attribute it gives the distance zero. In here it gives distance one squared. You add them up, you can calculate the distances. You can think immediately that there may be some other types of distance measures, not to require every value to be exactly equal. Maybe there are some similar shapes, even though not exactly similar. So this is the line graph representation or the heat map representation that we did uh, early in the, in the course. Um, now, visually, it may be easier for you to detect, although this data probably does not have very good clusters in the first place, but it may be easier to detect if there are some similar rows. Uh, with the cluster, we may want to also reorder the rows and columns so that we can bring out the similarities in the data better. So, that's why we 
to illustrate that the methods we stick to the two-dimensional space so that we can plot them x, y just as the dots, and now it becomes easy for you to detect the similarity. The points are close, the distances are small, we will have one cluster, two clusters, and maybe two outliers, or we, have, we can have one cluster, two clusters, and third cluster. So now it's easy for you to do this kind of clustering. In all this discussion that I sort of have had in here is that we want to have the, the sense of similarity between the data points. In here, your sense is equivalent distance. We want to have similarity definition as measured by distance. If distance is zero, they are equal. Uh, if distance is large, they are very different from each other. And then the task is sort of like find closest elements so that we can put the similar objects together in the cluster. For similarity distance, uh, we can have very large number of different distance measures. Euclidean distance, Manhattan distance, etc., will measure the, the similarity at every data point. Uh, correlation measures or, or angle between the vectors, uh, high dimension vectors, are sort of measuring if, if, the, if the direction of the uh, of the values is in the same direction. Um, so you can see that these, this is just larger amplitude change than this one. So these two are rather similar uh, examples. And then we can do uh, uh, text analysis, text comparisons, or, or time warping of uh, uh, sound, for example, uh, different distance measures. How, how can we? measure the similarity between data points. Uh, we can convert data into ranks and then look at the ranks. This is the smallest, second smallest, and third smallest, so these two are identical uh, by, by the rank correlation. Uh, I have changed the PowerPoint version, so now these, uh, uh, <laughs> some of the signs have been screwed up. Distances will be metric if two for two identical uh, attributes, the distance is zero. Uh, the from distance from x to y is equal from x, y to x, so uh, both ways are measured the same, and the distances will have to be larger equal than zero. So distance will not be negative. Distance will be all, all, always positive, zero or positive. When it's zero, objects are identical. And the last one is triangular inequality. So the distance from A to B should be less than or equal than distance from A to C plus from C to B. So if, if the C is some midpoint, distances will be always larger or equal if you use the midpoint rather than direct right. Um, this is the definition of the metric distance, but we will have natural measures of uh, similarity or distance sometimes that are not metric. Airline price. Going from one city to the other, the direct flight does not need to be cheaper than via another city C. Right? In the airline prices, the price does not need to be the same going from 
value to Amsterdam or Amsterdam to, to Dalian, right? So it's still the sense of, uh, uh, of distance, how, how much, uh, how many euros I was, uh, how many euros away is one city from the other, but uh, this measure is not uh, necessarily measured. So all these measures can be, of course, mathematically expressed. So you can calculate the different uh, distances, Euclidean distances, uh, basically measuring each attribute one at a time, measuring the difference and uh, calculating them, or doing the correlation analysis, comparing the, the attribute to its attribute mean, uh, in the other vector, the attribute to their attribute mean. So basically looking whether both values are above the means or both values are below the means or one is above, the other is below. So if, if they are in the same direction, then we have a higher correlation. It, it's kind of disturbing if you talk. It really is disturbing. So correlation Correlation typically would be from minus one to plus one. Zero is no correlation between the data. Plus one is they are perfectly correlated. When we do one minus correlation, then for the correlation one we get value zero, and for correlation minus one we get value two. One minus minus one would be two. So we can take the correlation measure, which is between minus one and zero, uh, plus one, uh, subtracted from one, and then we get distance zero if the two are perfectly correlated, or two if they are negatively correlated, and distance one if they are totally uncorrelated. So these measures are uh, similar, except in here we use subtract compared to the mean. In here we do not compare to the mean the values. Uh, so this is kind of like angle between the vectors. So these are just mathematical formula to express the sense whether the two vectors, x, y, x, y, what is the angle between the vectors. And you can measure the angle by different uh, ways, this uh, correlation. Uh, the angle, or this illustration is that you can normalize vectors to the unit circle and then measure by Euclidean distance, what is the distance between endpoints. This is like you put everything on the unit sphere unit circle or spare and put a piece of string and ask how long is that piece of string, right? So this piece of uh, string in here is a chord, uh, like a chord distance, and that is approximately the same as, uh, as the angle between the vectors. So all these different measures can be used uh, to measure the similarity between the vectors. Or rank correlation, uh, I did mention very briefly, original values are converted to ranks. The first, smallest element, the second element, third and fourth are equal, therefore rank 3.5, 3.5, 3, 4, and this is the largest, this is the fifth element. So you can convert every ve vector of length 5 into the ranks, and then with this formula you can uh, calculate what is the rank correlation between the rank vectors. Uh, Reed was doing a, a bachelor thesis on this topic. So this is a 
messy data where we have about 1,000 uh, data points, rows, and about 1,000 uh, columns, uh, data points in the, as columns. And this is the photo. And the red, green, blue uh, picture values are represented as, as the columns. When we reorder the colors, uh, the rows, then this is the data set for which you don't know anything what is in the data. If the assumption is correct that the similar rows should be in the same cluster, then on the photo from one row to the next is almost identical. They're very similar, right? The distance between the two pixel rows from one on the image from one to the next is small. So by clustering, may, we may achieve some ordering of this data. So we can generate data by just reordering uh, the rows and then ask, can we find some groups in the data? So this may be one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, or 10. You can do, okay, find me 10 groups in the data, and this is what the data may look like after that. The 10 groups of the data are clustered so that within the row, within this cluster, uh, rows are more similar. So compared to this, we already have some order, a little, not full order, because we haven't told anything what to do within the clusters yet. Just groups of data. So what is on the picture? What? This is already art. This is already art. Yeah. This is this is the same data, but now uh, done into more clusters. So the cluster boundaries you can read the scene here, but within the clusters you will have more more similarities. The columns don't change. The columns are not changing. They are the same uh, first, second, third, attribute, etc. Um, so, um, I should ask Fleet to come and talk to give the lecture in here, right? So, for him, it was uh, he could perfectly, perfectly, from this, he could perfectly reconstruct the original image by using uh, clustering and variation and traveling state performance. Going through the rows, if this, if you can think of this as the, as uh, cities that are represented represented by different attributes, and finding the shortest path through the cities from one to the next closest is very close, and the next closest is close, and find the path through through these rows uh, is the uh, shortest traveling salesman problem. So shortest path through the cities, and that would give reconstruct almost identical, uh, perfect always the images, right? That was the conclusions. It's also highly dependent on the type of picture. Some images are better than But this gives you the intuition that we can get the, the example data sets from quite easily. We can generate example data sets and we can, uh, uh, we can play with the example data sets. Okay, so uh, uh, I've been spending a lot of time into getting you into the mood of how to do clustering. So let's now do the clustering. The, 
hierarchical clustering, we get thousand data points, and what is the task is to find, okay, we need to make the program to compare the similarities or calculate the distance between, between every pair, right? Computer would need to have the distance between the rows. Hierarchical cluster, uh, clustering would say, okay, the two rows that are most similar, especially if they are identical, they should be in the same cluster. There is a tiny change, they should be in the same cluster. So calculate all distances pairwise and say that the ones that are most similar, we put them into the same cluster. Take the next pair, put them into the same cluster. So, how does this work? I'm doing the easy case again. I don't know if this is easy or not. You see the, the points and you see the distances. Your eye catches the closest pair of points. Which one? Top two. So you calculate all distances and you observe that this was the smallest, so they should be in the same cluster. Uh, well, next it may be, I'm making some, some tricks in here. Maybe, maybe they said that this was, maybe I should put them slightly closer to each other. And then we may say that these, these are two that should be in the same cluster. <coughs> what next? This whole three, three triangles. Yeah, like you look these two points as one group and then the third one. You would say that this is the next. Yeah. But we have the distances between data points. So now we have the we have this distance and this distance and they merge together. So now we have to compare one point to the cluster of multiple points. Then we may put uh, these ones together, and these ones, and then you say that these this ones should be together, right? Intuitive. Hello, these ones. These ones? No, the, the other dot that was about these two. This one? Yeah. It's closer. Okay, but we have been stepping over a very, very, very important step in here. So what we are doing, we are, we are, we are making uh, a agglomeration. We put two things together. In this picture, we could say that if they are together, we, we have to put them next to each other as a rows, right? We are making these small pieces of the tree. Uh, now this one adds the third one one, two, and three data points. We merge them together in here into this kind of diagram. We do bottom up. Uh, we start to make clusters from the uh, uh, singletons and make larger and larger and larger until we say at the end that 
all of these are in the same cluster. But the question is, well, that is the, uh, the final result. Now the question is, uh, how do we how do we merge the data in here, uh, the rest of the data? To define what is the distance between cluster and point in the two clusters. Yes, we need to define what is the distance. Actually, we, we will define the distance between the clusters. Why? Because we could start from the idea that we start from the singleton clusters, each point is original cluster. And then we, we sort of like only care about the distances between the clusters. What is the distance between two clusters? Our two clusters have data points. In the thinking that we want to find the, the smallest, we, we now have, let's ignore this one and keep this one. So now we have one, two, three, four, five clusters in the data. We still want to do exactly the same procedure. Find all five pair by, between all the five, there will be, uh, from one to second, third, fourth, uh, well basically four plus three plus two plus one uh, distances. And out of all these, we will take the smallest and put these together in the same cluster. The question is, what are the, the what is the distance measure? You can propose something, come on. You are clever people. How would, what, what is the first uh, guess? Is the closest points of the clusters? Between the closest. So between the closest would... Uh, let, let, me, let me try to, to trick this a little bit. So between the closest would be, for example, this one, would be closer than this one. So we will put together these two, right? You wanted to say something? This is what we call the, the minimal distance between the two clusters, or single link between two clusters. The single link between the two clusters would be enough to merge the two clusters. The, the, how? How, how complex is to calculate this? Uh, we want to compare this cluster to everything else. The shortest distance will, uh, will, uh, will satisfy it. Basically, we, we have this distance, this distance, this distance, and, and this distance. After we merged these clusters together, we have to. We had two clusters, and we had the distances. Now we merge them together, and we want to recalculate the, the shortest distance. How complicated is that? N squared. Sorry. N squared. Let. I 
actually, to my eye, it seems that uh, the, the closest one is now. Oh, yeah, let's keep these. These, these points give us sort of the distance, right? But the, uh, the thing to merge is, is this one, right? Because maybe, maybe this distance was this clearly smaller than this one, right? So we merge this one. But now we have what is the new distance from, from the merged cluster to this one? We merged A and B and want to compare the distance to C. A, B merged. A, B. We knew the distance to C. Now we merge A, B. We get the cluster A, B and want to get the distance to C. What is that? So if on average that we say distance between clusters, you can just substitute so what is the shortest distance between A and C or A. Just minimum of the two. So if we, if we care only about the smallest distance, then for this cluster, the smallest was this one. For this cluster, the smallest was this one. For after merger, out of the two, which one is smaller, uh, that we keep. So the update of the distance will be just one comparison after merger. Uh, we do not need to recalculate the distance. That is important. We will not recalculate the distance, we just keep one of the two. So this is the minimum distance or single link cluster. Start with the all pairwise distances, merge, and then from the merge cluster, calculate new distances to, uh, to all the others, and then keep merging. Uh, this is one way to measure, but we can have the, uh, another example where we care about the largest distance. The largest distance would be, for example, between there and there, right? And from here to there. Before the merger A and B, it was between here and there. After the merger, as in the minimum, we take the larger distance. Uh, the first was complete, uh, well, minimum distance, uh, single link is enough. Uh, this one is maximum distance or complete linkage. So every data point has to be similar. So um, the maximum distance would ensure that all the data points are quite close. Um, So between these two clusters, the distance from here to there would be the maximum link. Therefore, every other pair will be closer than this maximum distance. And uh, of course, you can also come up with the idea that why do we care about the single or complete? Let's make something in between. Let's make an average between the distances. It can be some sort of average. 
between the pairwise distances. The problem with averages is that if you have n uh, data points in one cluster, m in the other, you have n times n distances. And the average out of these have to be calculated. But now the averages, we, we, if we know the averages in here and in there, we can sort of like take the average value of the two. But the problem there is that if one cluster has many data points and the other has very, very few, then we sort of give to the very few too much importance. So the average will be uh, sort of dominated by the smaller clusters somehow. So the averages can depend also on the what is the weighted average, or what is the in here we have uh, more data points. So these more data points uh, have more effect on the average, or or the other uh, way to say is every data point, be it here or there, has equal weight. So in that sense, it's unweighted. We take into account that this is larger and this is smaller uh, in the sense that every data point will have the equal effect. It will be unweighted uh, pairwise group average. And the other one will just put more weight on those ones, so that will be weighted one. So this is the principle, uh, and this just illustrates the same. We calculate all by all distance matrix from 2 to 4, we have distance 4. So we make the distance matrix and then identify the smallest uh, between one and two. We merge these together. Uh, then we get rid of the one and two. We keep the merge row in here. Uh, and then find again the smallest value. When there could be multiple equals, then you just randomly guess which one you uh, take. You start merging. And we will also generate this kind of dendrogram. One and two were merged, four and five were merged, then three was merged to one and two, and then everything was merged together. All the five data points in the final dendrogram. So in the hierarchical clustering, we start from the bottom and merge clusters together up, and we can even show by the distance in here on the three distance, what was the distance to merge the two clusters. So this is how we get, uh, get the dendrogram tree representing the order of clustering and the final uh, ordering of data points. The single link looks at the minimum distance. Uh, the complete link would compare the look at the largest distance and the average uh, linkage would uh, look at the average between, between all the pairs of data points. So we can define this mathematically with the distances. And the beauty is that we do not need to recalculate distances anymore. We just apply the known distances, take the smallest, the largest, or the average. So these are the single link, complete link, or average between all the pairs. So average between all the pairs, uh, in one case you take into account what is the proportion of the, what is the size of the, of the data in one cluster. So you take all the average, you weigh by this, or 
this is this is called unweighted because every point has an equal weight. In that sense, they are unweighted. Uh, the weighted one uh, just takes the two averages and as the multiple divides by two, but it does not take into account that one plus may be much smaller than the other. And there, there is more weight on the smaller clusters put into this weighted pairwise group uh, average. So this is how we from get uh, we can get a row of data with many attributes, how they can represent the clustering of this row by just uh, uh, finding the closest uh, pair, the next closest pair, and then merging, but then this one, adding this one, then merging the, these two clusters together, making these ones, merging these ones, and this one. So this tree represents the entire process of the clustering. And gives you an idea of the different branches that one, one and the other cluster is here. So based on this tree, you can cut at any point and you get the clusters under it. The data does not need to be numerical. Data can be sequences, text, strings, whatever. The hierarchical clustering would cluster by similarity, identifying whether they share common patterns or not. We can cluster the rows, we can cluster the columns, and we can apply the heat map on top of that. So we get the reordering of rows, reordering of colors, and instead of the numbers, we can apply the heat map. And this already gives you the sense of the clusters, and these values are high, these are uh, average, so basically you can see the data uh, after reordering rows, reordering colors, uh, columns. This is larger data set, uh, this is yeast uh, measured, uh, what happens to yeast over different time periods, what happens if you allow yeast to do seven cycle divide, etc., or apply some heat shock to the yeast, uh, increase the temperature, what will happen? Uh, get the yeast rid of the sugar, it changes the, from the alcohol making yeast into the alcohol drinking yeast. So yeast will produce, uh, consume sugar to produce alcohol, but when the sugar is finished, it changes the type of, uh, from aerobic to anaerobic, and then it starts to consume the alcohol to make energy. So all these data, then here are 80 columns, and I think, uh, several hundred rows or thousand rows, and you can see by the clustering that the types of genes highlighted by this measurement are cell cycle specific genes. You can see the cyclic behavior, uh, one type, the other type, so you can get the groups of genes that are active in the same time in the yeast uh, life cycle. Another example, basically the same data, uh, clustered by the minimum link or single link clustering. You can observe the data gets some ordering. It's not a random data anymore. Minimum distance clustering, average linkage uh, clustering. So you get minimum linkage, average linkage. You get roughly the same heat map, like you, you get the sense of the data. The trees will look slightly different, 
and this is the completely again you get the clusters of data that are represented by by these dendro well, one and two clusters both highlight uh, cell cycle specific genes that are active at slightly different uh, time frames. So this is a uh, real data. These were the first uh, uh, gene expression microarray data sets uh, from 1997 um, and 1998. Uh, so this kind of hierarchical clustering. Um, I made actually that this tool uh, back in So which one is singly? It is a third one because uh, singly quite often produces a cluster in the way that it adds one more point every time. Like in here, it would it would start uh, it would start clustering in here. You would say that this is a cluster, but then you merge this cluster, then you merge this cluster, this one, this one. So it, it, it will generate this kind of trees quite often. As this is very characteristic. Very balanced trees, and I think this is average linking, average link or average distance clustering, uh, average complete and singly. Um, what is the speed of all this clustering? Now you have we have the process: calculate all pairwise distances, and then apply start finding the smallest, merge them, recalculate, merge the smallest, etc. What is the speed of this type of clustering? To start with, we have n objects, n by n pairwise distances. Okay, we don't calculate uh, from object to itself, so n times n minus n. We don't care about the distance myself. And if we know from A to B, the distance from B to A was the same, so we calculate only part of that. Right. So 
quadratic number of distances uh, from A to B or the unique distances. Uh, quadratic time to calculate the distances from the data points and most of the distance measures have scaled linearly in the number of attributes. So n squared pairs and along the length of the distance, uh, the number of attributes, uh, uh, length of the attribute vector. So this is, uh, uh, these were my measurements uh, to calculate distances when there were only 10 attributes, quadratically increasing. If you go from 10 attributes to 100, you get a 10, uh, tenfold increase in time. 100 attributes is longer vectors, so you get quadratic increase, and there is a tenfold increase in time. But once we have calculated all the distances for 10, 100, or 1,000 dimensional, then the clustering itself works at the same speed for all three cases. 1,000 will be 10 times longer than uh, this was about a 10 minute, well, less than 10 minute mark, it would be 100 minutes. But that was a long time ago. That was uh, year 2000. Computers were slow. So now it's uh, much faster, of course. But the point is that the clustering speed does not depend anymore on the, how long did it take to calculate the distances. Quadratic number of distances, and every time we merge uh, two, we keep uh, the smallest distance from the remaining matrix, matrix, and it can be made efficient so that it, uh, at the end, it's uh, all the speed will be about quadratic, slightly, slightly more than quadratic, um, depending on which kind of data structures you use. If you use uh, clever uh, these. Uh, priority queues to keep the smallest distances, update those priority queues cleverly, then you can get the quadratic time uh, clustering of the hierarchical uh, clustering. And then you can make user interfaces that uh, clusters, you can zoom into the clusters, you can plot disease maps or line graphs. So these are your clusters, and here are the same gene, genetic data, but uh, you can make uh, uh, user interfaces. Um, this was the number of clusters uh, starts from n, but then it goes down to zero. Uh, so what was it? Singleton clusters, uh, you have n, but then it goes, goes, uh, goes down to zero. The number of clusters, non-singletons, increases, then you start merging them. All the distances increase, so you can measure all of this. Heat maps, you can change the color codes if for some reason uh, Green and red are not your colors. You can change uh, the color codes. Uh, you can look at the same data in different color codings or even black and white. They just use a different heat map uh, uh, representation. And we discussed that this heat map is not a new invention. Uh, back in 97, it was rather new in, uh, in computer uh, algorithmics, uh, but in here, Get something that was more than 100 years old. The data does not fit all in your computer monitor. So this was 6,000 genes, and on the monitor is still, uh, even if about one pixel per data point, it's not enough. And uh, back then, maybe the laptops had smaller screens. Now they are fairly larger. But still, you cannot fit everything on the computer. You cannot see every value. So, there, 
which should be ways how to represent the data so that the clusters are collapsed and some average uh, uh, behavior of the cluster is shown. So we are working on this type of uh, methods also now to try to identify clusters that have sense, what is their size, and here the size is represented by the numbers, uh, but the, the, the same tree, as you can see, you can cut at any point, and then this gives you, in this example, 75 rows, 75 clusters, you cut the tree, you get 75 clusters. You move up, you get 50 clusters, or you move down, you can have 257 if you so wish. But not every cluster does have to be cut at the same height, so actually you can have the clusters at different height points as well. So this is uh, uh, sort of depending on the, on the use case. Okay, I will, I will uh, skip over. We did, um, many schools did his uh, master's and PhD thesis and we, we were thinking uh, what makes hierarchical clustering slow Relative in relative terms is this quadratic number of data point uh, similarities. If you have 1,000 data points, there will be 1 million terabyte distances. If you have uh, 100,000, you will have, uh, well, let's let make it 10,000, you will have 100 million terabyte distances. And these distance matrices will be too large. Um, so what we did was how to avoid to do sort of hierarchical clustering, but avoiding calculating all pairwise distances. Remember, the question is how to find the smallest pair, pair right? How to find which pair is most similar to each other? Out of all the pairs. So the task is still somehow to find the small pairs, uh, the closest pairs, without calculating all pairwise distances. Once we have the distance between this and this one, and then we observe that something is very close to this one, then by triangle inequality we know that it has to be within this circle, it must be larger than this value and it must be smaller than this value. From this distance minus or this distance plus. So the upper bound, uh, lower and upper bound for the distance we get already by knowing that this is close to this one, this is far, so instead of by these two, we already know that this is too far, so let's not calculate it. So triangle inequality can be uh, used, um, avoiding uh, calculating more pairwise distances, but then the question is still how to, how to find the right, how to calculate the right distances uh, to make it more efficient. And maybe this basically came up with the idea and way how to, uh, how to tell in advance that I have only 10 minutes time, and I will calculate as many pairwise distances as I can within this time frame, and I will have the hierarchical cluster that is approximately correct compared to the if I had all the time to calculate.
Okay, any questions about this hierarchical cluster? The method works, calculates all pairwise distances, and then starts putting things together in the cluster, larger and larger clusters. What I have drawn now is, of course, uh, a state of points, and you would immediately say that, oh, there are four clusters in there, right? But your computer does not know that. And we, we don't have any idea where the clusters might be. We just have uh, what, some 15, 16 data points. So in the previous uh, case, we started to build uh, the closest clusters and the closest points, uh, put them together and build hierarchical tree. What we now try to do is, let's try to divide this data into four clusters um, by partitioning data into four clusters. But unfortunately, what we do not know is where the clusters are. We can uh, uh, do something that may uh, sound very stupid to you, but let's uh, just call I don't know, this, and this, and this, and this data points as, as my clusters. I start with four examples of the clusters. If I say that this is my cluster, and well, these four are my clusters, then what is the clustering? The clustering is something where for each point we ask, uh, I have four cluster representations to which one this is the closest. So obviously this one is the closest, so this one will belong to the cluster in here. In fact, between this and this point we can make the line, everything that is on that side, side is closer to this data point than this one, right? Between this and this, we can make another line. But everything on that side belongs to this cluster. Everything on this side will belong to this cluster. Which ones did I say? This one I said. Uh, this one I said. And this one I said. One, two, three, four and the respective areas, we have four clusters. This is uh, something called Voronoi diagram around these data points now. So just split the space 
so that every point will belong to that to that potential center of the cluster to which it's closest. This is as good to guess. You just make a random random guess initially. So we have k uh, clusters, but now we want to uh, optimize once we have, let's now forget everything about in here. Now if, if we say that this, 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 this data point is one of the clusters, this should be the center. What, what should be the better uh, cluster representation for this? In the center of gravity of this cluster, in the mean point of this cluster, in the average. So you can calculate x-wise averages, y-wise averages, you can put the uh, new cluster center into the center of gravity of these five data points, which to my eye seems that this will be somewhere in here. Likewise, with all the other cases, so this stands on its own, this one stands on its own, but this one will be where? Five and three, it will be probably somewhere in here. Or maybe it's, it will be higher because these two, so it will be somewhere in here. Now we calculate the better estimates for the center of gravity. So this one was this one was they were singleton clusters and this one. And now I can forget about these lines because I have new uh, better estimates. Now I have four uh, cluster uh, representatives. I optimize for the new clusters. I make a loop. I start fresh in here. I have four clusters. Let's split the space according to these four clusters. something of this sort. I just assigned the points to the cluster centers. Uh, now we have, again, k clusters. What will happen next is that now we will start moving these data points to the new place again. So this was original data point. I will have the new center in there. This one is that data point. I will put the center in there. I will put this center in there. This center will be in here, and I can again uh, forget about these uh, division lines. So I can keep cycling this process again 
by splitting the space in there, in there, in there, and I will get uh, maybe this will end up in here. So if, if, if nothing changes anymore, it will be stable. That these actually represent pretty well the, the cluster centers and nothing will change. So we start from one random guess and keep iterating, um, defining what would be the cluster borders, then forget about the cluster center, recalculating the cluster centroid or center place, and uh, keep doing this process. If we had been slightly more uh, clever, uh, uh, lucky in the beginning, we could have had uh, one cluster center in here, one in there, one in there, one in there. So k-means starts from some random guess and just quickly goes to the, to the hole with a few cycles. It can be 10, it can be 100 cycles. It optimizes a risical in one direction. So my experience with both of you guys, so I understand it well. So, so don't you have to draw like uh, lines kind of both uh, or how I don't get it? You don't need to draw the lines, but you just say that uh, for every point you ask one, two, three, four cross uh, centers, we have K means, we define that K equals 4, right? In the beginning, I, I just guessed, right? But now, once I know that these four are in the cluster, potentially, then you just take the mean, uh, the average, the, 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 the center of gravity of these four points. So you take all the x values, 4 times uh, x values divided by 4, you get x values, you take y values, uh, well, y values, y values, you get the center of gravity in here. But let's say we find this point, so how we can prove that this center is useful or not? We can't. This is a heuristic that gives you one type of clustering of the space. So every time you remove some uh, lines, uh, let's say centers, I keep all the data points, but I only start moving these cluster centers. In the beginning, I, I guess that one of the data points will be centers, and by based on that, I, I just started to divide the space. But later, I keep uh, refining the centers in this loop. Uh, let's uh, optimize the new cluster center. Then, given these cluster centers, what would be my my where do every point belongs to? Then again, recalculate the center. We do this loop as long as it stabilizes. But it seems that there can be different results. There can be different results. Uh, so in a way, we if we have k cluster centers, if this is the, the center point, uh, the, the average center of gravity, then for every data point, we know how far it is from the center of gravity. We can sum up all the distances for every data point, how far it is from its own center of gravity, and in a way we want to find the smallest total error from the centers of gravity. Um, so that's what KD's clustering sort of achieves. So this is the same uh, illustration. So in here, uh, 
data points, uh, three red cluster centers. Uh, this splits the space somehow between the uh, between the three points. And now we recalculate the new center, move it uh, there, and then so basically we move it there. We draw the new set, new set of clusters, and uh, we get uh, three centers. And in the final set, just uh, three centers are in between, well, basically in the center uh, points of these uh, three clusters. So K means is really partitioned into K non empty subsets, or, or we can start with the K uh, cluster centers, uh, then compute C points as the uh, average of this current partitioning. Uh, this is the cluster center, and then assign every project to another point of the cluster center, and then compute again. So basically, the two and three are these in here. So you do infinite loop in here, and not infinite, you stabilize. The, the beauty is that you for every data point in every cycle, you just compute distance, not every other data point, but only to four cluster centers. So the next iteration again, from every data point you calculate to four cluster centers, and you know which one is the closest. So this will, uh, the number of data points can be millions if you have four cluster centers, then you have million times four distances in every cycle rather than a million times million. So k means uh, actually scales uh, much better than uh, hierarchical clusters for very large data. And you can get uh, clusters. Uh, this is initial cluster centers represented as line graphs. And these are the final cluster centers. So these are the examples of clusters uh, based on this k means clustering. Uh, again, you can see. Indeed, these lines in here are different from these lines in there. This achieves the grouping of the data and does not give the full uh, article uh, clustering view. And then, of course, we can represent this as a heat map or on this line graph. We can get the clusters and we can do further uh, things. Who are these customers in this group? These are the genes, but you can have the uh, client segments, what, what have they been purchasing, what types of products, how, how much, oh, they buy more milk products and less uh, vodka, they buy more vodka and less milk products, you can do this kind of uh, K-means clustering. So K-means starts from some initial starting point and then finds local optimum, and then what, what, what you can do, you can calculate it several times to compare, is it stable, you get the same results, or they are very different, in which case the cluster borders are not so well defined. And then you can still try to put some on, uh, measure on top of it. What is the measure of this within cluster distances to in between cluster distances? So in the iris data set, uh, K means clustering. Let me see what are these. In these cases, you, you end up uh, 
you split the space depending on what, what there are your finite cluster centers. So you may end up splitting this one and this one and this one. But sometimes you, if you are better with the initial case, you would get one cluster center third four. It depends on the starting point. You can increase your chances of being lucky in the center uh, in, in, in the initial case by first doing a small subsample, doing hierarchical clustering, finding the four different clusters from the hierarchical clustering, and seeding these into the program. So you can actually do a little bit of sampling and uh, finding what might be the typical cases and seeding uh, the KVs better. This is this Mickey Mouse uh, type of data set, uh, base and two years. So K means would do split somehow in here, the red, blue, and green. You just split the data in, in uh, three clusters. And uh, this doesn't take into account all these, uh, uh, understand what is the model in here, uh, that this is a larger cluster in here from the base. Uh, producing model under two years. So expectation maximization would do, do sort of k-means, but calculate the probabilities, uh, every model coming from some distribution. So this would be one distribution, the other distribution, third distribution. So rather than calculating just, just distance, you could ask, what is the probability to be from this distribution or from the other distribution? So belonging to one cluster versus the other cluster. So you can convert all of this into the probabilities. And still do a sort of like cycle, um, trying to estimate the new uh, models, new probabilities in every cycle. To compress images, there are lots of colors that are, you your eye cannot detect the differences in the color. But in the color space, there are many, many different colors slightly different colors that are almost the same for your eye, right? So, these are the, uh, like, coronal diagrams or K-means cluster centers, and you could say that, oh, let's first convert this image into 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 16 colors. You would take the original uh, color space to K-means into 16 colors, and suddenly you have you can convert the image based on only 16 colors uh, and achieve the compression because your eye would not detect the, the two colors apart anyway. You would get almost the same image. So this is a sort of a clustering to achieve cluster centers or vector quantization. So all the vectors are quantified, quantized into the center of this coronal uh, uh, diagram. Okay, uh, we can stop in here. Um, in the homework, you have to do something of this sort, just on the data provided, and the level, you don't need to calculate everything, so the, exactly if you plot on the data, you can do a large part of this sort of work by hand waving. Uh, TAs will not uh, punish you for calculating something slightly incorrect. So try to, try to simulate this algorithm on paper. Okay. Um, 
And uh, sorry, the last thing, so the project. For this homework, the two tasks are to make a group, and the second, select the data and start working with the data. You can initiate uh, discussions on the mailing list, uh, where to find more data sets. Uh, there should be plenty of open data out there in the, in the, in the internet. You, can, you should ask uh, what, what might, uh, might be of interest to you. Uh, start playing, start uh, attracting uh, uh, group members. And uh, what I wanted to stress is that uh, uh, I will not issue the new homework this week. You should rather work on the project. Make sure to work on the project from, from, from now on. We will have one more homework session. Once we have covered a little bit more material and all of uh, the topics, we will have one more uh, homework session, but there will be one or two week break before that. So start working on your project now. Okay. Thank you.